Hello, I'm Dr. Chris Berkman, and you're listening to Vibrant Potential. Today's guest is the one and only, the incomparable, the lovely and talented, my very own Dr. Shamini. Today we share with you a story, our story. It's a love story. It's a story of cancer, and it's a story with a happy ending. Enjoy. threatening this literally brought a whole new dimension I mean any cancer survivor will tell you it's the fastest way to getting really real with yourself and your life and with your mortality and it kind of made me think like if I don't have very much time left on this earth how is it that I want to spend this time we we were emailing and I was sort of like enraptured in these emails and you met these strangers on the plane and you told them, I'm going to meet my long lost friend. And you told them the whole story and they were like, oh my gosh, what if you end up not liking her at all? Do you have a backup plan? And, and I was like, uh, no, I have no backup <laughs> plan. <laughs> that would have been a good idea though. <laughs> oh yeah. And I didn't have a backup plan either. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. Dr. Chris Frickman here. This is Vibrant Potential, and today I am here with a very special person, Dr. Shamini, my partner. Hello, Dr. Chris. Hello, world. Today is October. Um, actually, by the time that this is getting put out, it'll be almost the end of October. But October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I wanted to just ask my partner, Dr. Shamini, to come on and share her story about uh, breast cancer because she got diagnosed with breast cancer last year. And it's been wild and crazy ride over the last uh 18 months since since your diagnosis, hasn't it? Yes, you could say that. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. So, um what I want to do though is because I've had I've actually had quite a few requests for this. I want to share how you and I met. We're going to um we're going to go back to when we were children. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're not going to go back that far, but but we are going to talk about um how Dr. Shimani and I met because for those of you that don't know, Dr. Shamini is my life partner, my girlfriend, me Amor, and she's also my business partner. So we, we run a, a healing retreat out of Colorado primarily, and that's called Habitat Retreats. We have a lot of fun together. I wanted to talk about uh, how we met because I think I think it just is a very interesting story. It's a fun story, and it'll be a fun way to start this out. And you do it way better than I do. So, um, will you just tell people how we met? 
Okay. Um, let's see. We met uh, actually on LinkedIn. Yes, we did. Um, okay, let's see. So about two and a half years ago is when we met. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And um, I had moved. I actually moved to a new area and decided that I wanted to practice in my neighborhood. I was practicing at an integrated medical center um, for almost 10 years, but I decided that I also wanted to practice in my neighborhood. And so I went to this clinic. Um, it's called Aspen Chiropractic and Holistic Center. And Hi, Dr. Doug. <laughs> we can blame Dr. Doug on this whole thing. Um, so there was no advertisement for a job opening or anything like that. Well, why did you go there then? I felt inspired to go there. I felt just, I just felt like I need to go work there. It was something inside of me that just told me I needed to work there. I, I called him several times and he never returned my call. Uh, months and months went by and he never returned my call. So eventually I think I just showed up at his office and said, hey, I want to work here two days a week. And he said, oh, nice to meet you. And we're not hiring. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I went again and I asked him again if I could work there. And he said, no, a second time. And a third time I went again. By the fourth time, I think he was actually just pretty sick of me coming. Fine, you can work here. <laughs> exactly. And and later on, about a year later, he when I had talked to Dr. Doug about this, he said, yeah, by the fourth time you came, I was thinking, God, this woman really needs to work here. Right. So he said yes, and I started working then um, three days a week down in Denver and then two days right in my neighborhood in Prospect in Longmont, Colorado. So basically what happened is because I, I started working there, I updated my LinkedIn account. Who knows LinkedIn, right? So I get on there, I update my profile so that people can find me. Got to do some networking. That's right. And anyways, <clears throat> while I was on there, all of a sudden, I remember my face and your face being pushed together in the lower right corner of the page. And it was like, you should know this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, and just for clarification, this is not like LinkedIn's new dating service or anything. That's right. Yeah, we weren't in the market necessarily. Uh, it was just uh, just kind of an interesting I don't know. What is it? Uh, the universe conspiring, I guess. Well, and the funny part is I've never seen it happen with anyone else. I, I've never seen that pop up with any other human. So the reason why it was funny is because it got my attention because it said, you should know this person because you went to the same middle school, the same high school, the same college, and the same graduate school. And We're, I think we had like several skills in common to like functional medicine and Yes. Some other ones. I don't remember what. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. So it was kind of funny. Anyways, and the reason why it got my attention too is because we're from a small town in uh, St. Francis, Oak Grove, Minnesota, which is really tiny. And I thought it was kind of funny that like, wow, I never knew you and we both are chiropractors and that was pretty cool. So I just emailed you. Now, I was not looking for love or anything. Um, well, I we're all looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, maybe I was. And um but so I contacted you and I just said, "Ha, huh, isn't this so funny? LinkedIn thinks that we should know each other 
We came from the same small town. And so we started emailing and, and um, just communicating about business and about chiropractic and about functional medicine. And we communicated for several months through email. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, right. Wasn't, yeah, through LinkedIn at first, I think. Yeah, or then, first it then was LinkedIn. Yep. Maybe through email and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just, I, we started talking about, uh, I mean, we were talking about business stuff and, and clinical stuff, you know, like, what do you think about this, you know, nutrient and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, but then you had some, some personal stuff come up and, and you mentioned that to me. That's right. So I was also separated from my husband after 17 years. And, um, wait a second, you're married. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was. And so are you. I was. We yes, are both divorced. I, uh, long ago. I mean. We are both divorced. Right. I was long since divorced. Aren't when, you? When, when I met you. Yes. Okay. I am, I am divorced. Okay. So, yeah, I'd been separated for about a year, was not looking for any love, was not looking for anything. I was um, actually crying every day and learning to be okay on my own and going through a painful process of divorce and everything. But I remember, I think... It, our conversation switched from business to personal. When I asked you, I had found out you were divorced and you, I asked you a question about co-parenting and I wondered, um, I think you just said something like, uh, what, you know, do you have any advice for trying to be a co-parent or something like that? That's right. It was something mm-hmm. along those lines. And I, and How I do said, you co-parent? I feel mm-hmm. like you always remember the words better than I did, but I said, um, well, yeah, remember I had, I had been at mediation the day before in a long, long, long mediation. Um, and I had gone through a very kind of cathartic process of bringing forgiveness to the table and bringing my responsibility of my part to the table. And I had had a really experience of showing up to this divorce situation in a place of love. And I remember telling my dad that night that if I had died that night, I knew that I did what we were supposed to do, which is to love when it looks like we shouldn't. Mm. And you and I had not communicated for 30 days prior to that. Not like I was counting or anything, but (laughs) I had the last email I asked you was about this questioning on co-parenting and divorce. And like, how do you navigate your way through this? Oh yeah. 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 So you would ask that question like a month prior and then I, whatever was busy and I hadn't gotten back to you for like a month. That's right. And then you literally got back to me the day after I had had this very healing experience for myself through this mediation process. And your advice to me on that email was, do you remember what it was? To practice acceptance of all people and in all places at all times including yourself yeah i think your exact words were something about to love yourself and others in all situations at all times love accept okay and i think yeah i think you said love and accept so i think that next time we talked when i responded to you i said oh that's what I felt like I just did, which was like so good and so exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so then I think we connected in this personal way, which then we started talking on the phone and we grew a friendship with communicating through phone, through text. I always think about the time where we were like, I got home that night. I was in Atlanta um, doing a, 
traumatic brain injury training with Dr. Carrick. And I got home late that night. I think it was like one in the morning or something like that or midnight or something like that really late. And I was checking my email for some dumb reason. I always recommend people don't check their email right before they go to bed. But I was wired from traveling and I was checking my email and you had sent me this email and I and I responded and then and then oh and then you responded right back and then I responded it was like hey why are you up right now and stuff and you know and, and <laughs> yeah that's uh, when we started talking for the first time in the middle yeah, of the yeah, night yeah. yeah that was so we had never talked on the phone at that point no but but we were we we were emailing and I was sort of like enraptured in these emails and I don't even remember what we were talking about exactly but I was like I would send a quick email and then I would like sit there and like wait with bated breath <laughs> for like the response and finally I was like holy crow it's like three in the morning I gotta go to bed I was like if you want to text me go ahead because I was enjoying it but I was like I gotta I gotta get into bed so here's here's my phone number go ahead and text me if you want to I go and brush my teeth and like a minute later you know, ring, ring, the phone rings. And I'm like, hello? That makes me sound so desperate. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But, but I mean, I don't know. We just had like a connection. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. I was like, hello. And, and, and you're, and you're like, hi. And, and, and you know, and I was like, oh, wow. And um, I don't know. And then we talked, we talked for like two more hours. Like teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was almost like, it was kind of like that. It was a lot of fun. And, and we talked every single day. We didn't miss any day since then. And um, eventually, I don't know, I think I said jokingly about something about like, oh, I should come out there or something. Well, actually, let's, I want to do, I do want to share one thing. So on that conversation on the first time we talked about knowing both of us living in St. Francis, we found out that we were lived one mile apart as the crow flies, Mm. but we never knew each other. We found out that we were in the same choir of a hundred people, we we went back to the the yearbook and saw that we were in the same column. Yeah, we were yeah, standing right. two people above me. Mm-hmm. Um, we we each had two sisters who were exactly the same age in the same grade. Who actually, our our middle sisters knew each other, came to the same birthday party. Yeah, so yeah, that right. means that your mom and my mom must have met at some point. Yeah, right. My sister went to your sister's 10th birthday your house for yes. for her 10th birthday yeah that's right but we never knew each other and then right. we here we go off to uh college become chiropractors we're in the same school but just not at the same time um yeah you were in your 10th trimester when i was in my first trimester okay is that Cause, how yeah because you were just more diligent i i goofed around more before i before i went into because i was actually i was in nursing school and oh that's you right. know I, I was doing some different things you did a little bit more straight track right through chiropractic school so you were three years you graduated three years before i did okay so as we were talking that first time we just found literally all these parallel it's like we had been living parallel lives but never knowing each other yeah it was and- so funny we like at the high school, at the chiropractic college, we like we knew all these same teachers yes. and stuff, and like we were had we had like friends that like we knew a ton of the same people, mm-hmm. but um, we just didn't even know each other. Yeah, and the the clincher for me, which was so cool, is I said, "Well, where do you practice, Doctor Chris?" And he said, "Oh, you probably don't know it. It's in South Minneapolis, um, in a neighborhood called Tangletown." And I said, "What?" Are you kidding me? Tangletown? I have a t-shirt from when I was a kid that says Tangletown on it because my parents had a store on the corner of 
And before I said that, Chris said, my office is on the corner of 48th and Grand. And that is where my parents' store was for 20 years. So you were practicing right across the street from literally my childhood, which was an hour away from yeah. where we grew up. I was going to say, it's, yeah. it's, it's more significant if you realize that where we were living, which again, we lived for years, we lived le- about a mile apart from each other. But that's about an hour away from, from South Minneapolis. Where there's like 600,000 people or something like right, that. Right, right, right. I mean, right, it's right. huge. So, right. So it, it's just bizarre. It it was one of those... Uh, like serendipities or something. Yeah. It was just a bizarre moment of, I thought, huh, there's got to be something to this. So we started developing a friendship. and I really didn't think there was anything to it. I just thought, that's weird. But that's weird. But I still well, like this this gal, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to her. Yeah. So months months go by, and you say, um, "Oh, Chamonix, you feel like a long lost friend. I want to come visit you in Colorado." And I was like, "Um, okay." I think I kind of said it in the in that way that sort of like, if you think I'm crazy, then I can just be like, "Well, I was I was just kidding. I I didn't really mean it." You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, well, yeah. And so I felt comfortable enough with you because of our history, our shared history. We had so much in common that I didn't think you would come and murder me up in the mountains. So such a sweet thought. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you had said, I want to come visit you. And I, and I went to work the next day and I had a, a long time patient of mine out of the blue, literally the next day, she said, Hey, Dr. Shamini, what are you doing next weekend? And I thought to myself, hmm, nothing. And she said, I want you to go to my condo up in Steamboat Springs for four days. And I said, okay, that sounds good. And so I told you the next day, hey, we have this condo. Do you want to come meet me in Steamboat? You say that it's a condo, but it's like a million dollar mansion up in Steamboat Springs, like on the mountainside. Like it was it's not beautiful. a condo. It's Thank like, you so much for that patient crazy. who who gave that to me. Yeah, I've never kind. met you, but uh, thank you. That was a magical weekend. That was awesome. So, um, yeah, so then you got a ticket and you flew out. And I met you at the airport with a napkin that said like a long Yeah, yeah, friend. yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that was funny. <sighs> so... That's when we first met. And I'm a nostalgic um I'm a nostalgic man, so I still have that napkin that says long lost friend. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, so that's when we met and it actually felt like we had always known each other, which was so weird. So bizarre. Yeah, we were I mean, we in one sense we were so comfortable with each other, but in another sense we had so much fun. It was like more fun than I ever had or something. <laughs> and like we were just doing weird things. Like we would like we would be driving like up to the up to this house that we were staying at, coming back from like eating out or something. We'd be driving up and like just like for no reason, like in, on impulse, like, oh, I'm just going to keep driving all the way up the mountainside, you know, and we would just have the music pumped up. Yeah, have the music pumped up. We were singing in front of each other, like rocking out to whatever was <laughs> playing like uh katie perry i think was one of them and um oh and do you remember morgan oh that was that little girl that we met on the yeah that was the most fun i mean that was so much fun we went 
Snow tubing. We went snow tubing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, there was other there were other people there. There was this little girl. I don't know. It's so funny when, when Shaman and I just are out in public. We are, uh, what's the right word? Gregarious? <laughs> we are... Uh, we're fun. Yeah, we're fun, right. And We're um, so much fun. And we're not bashful, no. really, at all. And so I don't know what this little girl said, but somehow like we ended up being like, hey, come on the tube with us or something, which again, you have to exude a certain type of energy for a little, you know, a little girl to be like, sounds good. I will get on this tube with you, Mr. Stranger, you know, Miss Stranger. So, um, but it was so much fun. Yeah. We just had a blast snow tubing with this, uh, with this girl that we just met on the. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then, and remember you met Stephanie and Jim on the plane, um, oh, yeah. And you met these strangers on the plane and you told them, I'm going to meet my long lost friend. And you told them the whole story. And they were like, oh, my gosh, what if you end up not liking her at all? Do you have a backup plan? And and I was like, uh, no, I have no backup <laughs> plan. <laughs> that would have been a good idea, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I didn't have a backup plan either in the event that you would have, you know, been a, been a crazy yeah so anyways that was when we fell in love that was about two and a half years ago we ended up having a long distance relationship then and seeing each other quite frequently but then about a year into our relationship i was diagnosed with breast cancer yeah you were yeah that really sucked um and so i was 38 years old And I think what I want to share with people is that, you know, back in the 50s, the breast cancer rate was one in 20. And now it is one in eight. That is, that's correct. Yeah, it's one in eight now. And functional medicine doctors are really saying the two biggest contributors are toxins in our environment and also stress. Which, yeah, and of course, toxicity is just chemical stress, right? I mean, yeah. Yep. So I was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, just one year in our into our relationship. I'm thinking of that. How mo- did that suck? I'm thinking of that show that, that we saw. It's like about this woman that gets cancer. I don't think it's breast cancer. It's, I think it's some other cancer. But she gets this, she gets diagnosed with cancer. And it's like, it's in the, like, the pilot episode or the second episode or something. She tells her boyfriend hey i just got diagnosed with cancer like oh my god like this is crazy i just got can you believe it you know and he's like i can't believe that you're like raining on my parade by telling me about your cancer like i just got this huge promotion i finally made partner or something like that oh my gosh i remember that and then and he breaks up with her like on the day that she gets diagnosed with cancer or something it was like wow (laughs) that is horrible i yeah i remember that and that's basically how it went down with you and me no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's been a year and a half since I was diagnosed with cancer and you're still here. So thank you. Thank you for still being here. Thank you. Yeah. And as a functional medicine doctor and as a health nut, this was quite a shock because I was living a very healthy lifestyle in every way, diet, exercise, nutrition, but one thing that was out of control was my stress, my reaction to my toxic marriage. While I was on my medical leave for breast cancer, I, you and I both were like, how the heck 
did you get this? I mean, weren't you and I both like, what? Are you kidding me? No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I imagine I've never had anyone else uh, this close to me diagnosed with cancer. Um, My grandmother died of colon cancer. And um, so, I mean, I, I have had some loved ones diagnosed with cancer my my grandfather had some cancer and stuff but um a you're so young and b you're thank you oh gosh you're so young <laughs> it's like practically robbing the cradle and um no but for for breast cancer statistics i mean you're you're crazy young and and not only that but it's it's not like you were like I mean, you just didn't have like any of the risk factors. Like no, some I, br- of the ri- I breastfed. Some, of the, no. some of the risk factors are yes. never having had children. Yes, I've had and, three. And you've had three. Never had, uh, never didn't breastfeed. I breastfed three children over a year each. Yeah. Uh, another risk factor would be like having um, a significant family history of, of breast cancer. I do not have the BRCA gene. Oh, yeah. You don't have the BRCA gene. Pretty much no family history. Um, I've never been on the birth control pill, so no synthetic hormones of any kind. I was raised vegetarian, ate an organic diet my whole life, um, very health conscious. Uh, so this was quite the shock. And so when this happened, we were both, how did this happen to me? And um, I had done some other gene testing, and I found out that I have a defect in my COMT gene, which regulates phase two detoxification pathways. And I basically don't detoxify that well toxins from our environment and also endogenous or toxins inside my body. Well, yeah. Well, particularly in in this case, estrogen. Yeah. And so, and then complicated things with like toxic makeup. I did wear toxic makeup for a long time and I had a root canal tooth that had been infected, which probably contributed as well right and then i was in um an emotional traumatic situation which further made it hard for my body to detoxify estrogens toxins and things like that my immune system was assaulted my cortisol levels were very very high um about six months before i was diagnosed i actually tested myself and remember i you and I, we checked my adrenal glands and we wondered what my cortisol levels were because I was so tired. And that was actually my only symptom. I was just feeling so, so tired. And what I found out was that my cortisol levels were through the roof, super duper high. Then we also learned that high cortisol levels actually increase your risk for breast cancer. So we kind of put all these pieces together. And then there was also an emotional component um, to my story too, which I've shared on other podcasts about the story uh, or an, an emotional traumatic event affecting really the brain, which then leads to a certain cancer in a certain part of the body. So anyways, that was a part of um, the puzzle for me too. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of intermingled the the storytelling of our how we came to be. Our love story. Our love story. Yep. And also how you got breast cancer. I mean, not how you got it, but I mean... Some of those, how we found out. and Our cancer story. You give me too much credit. Uh-huh. I think it's your cancer story. But yeah. but, but, um, but you were in it with me. And, and actually, 
I do want to really thank you for hanging in there with me because it's really been the the roughest year of my life um, with all those surgeries and things. And But man, we've had a lot of growth too. I mean, we've had, it's been hard, but it's also been really good, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, like, obviously it's not good that you got cancer. That part's not good, but you we've and I- We've learned a lot. Yeah, we've learned a lot. We've grown and, a lot. Um, we've seen a lot. We've shed a lot of tears. We laughed. We cried. <laughs> we had a really, really, really good time. Yeah, that's right. I think the message that I that I want to get out there about you know for breast cancer awareness month is really this this message of uh, in our environment and and how stress affects us and and about habitat and you really had a revelation and this ended up leading to uh, habitat retreats but you had a revelation when we we went to go see a movie in uh, in Boulder we went to go see the movie Lucy and and you had a revelation, and I'm wondering if, if you can share about that. Yeah, so Lucy is a, a sci-fi movie. Usually I don't watch sci-fi movies, but... I think your dad liked this one, though. Yeah, I think he did. And so I went to see this movie while I was healing up, and a professor in that movie was talking about the environment of a species. The environment literally predicted whether a species would thrive or die. As I was really reflecting on my habitat, my what were the conditions that allowed my body to be susceptible to cancer? Because we are all vulnerable to cancer, but we are, our immune system recognizes cancer, gets rid of it on a daily basis. There was something so wrong with the conditions of my habitat to allow for this cancer to take root. And so as I was reflecting on that, I really began to to just see the importance of the habitat in the expression of health and vitality or in the demise. You know, obviously this is this is what functional medicine is about. So this is not a new concept, but for me it was really expanding my awareness of it's not just about diet. It's just not about exercise. It's just not about nutrition. It really has more to do with the whole person, emotional health and our stress reaction and Getting nurtured in relationships is as important as eating healthy food. I I stayed in a marriage that was so unhealthy for me, and it was part of my habitat that was just very, very broken. What we dreamed up then was how, how could we create a healing space for someone to come, lift them out of their habitat, bring them into a new, nurturing, peaceful space where they could initiate the healing process using a functional medicine approach, using ancient detoxification treatments, using personalized nutrition, looking at emotional stress, questioning stressful thoughts, using your functional neurology treatments for pain, um, helping people to learn about themselves, identify what they need in relationships, and we really created an experience that was treating the whole person. I mean, speaking for myself, it was better than I imagined. I mean, as we were talking about it, 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 uh, I did think it was a great idea, but more on a cerebral level. Wow. I mean, actually being at these habitat retreats is the most powerful experience, you know, for me, I know for you, and certainly for our clients. Yeah, and I and I do feel like part of my healing journey was 
to dream up this new way of practicing, this new way of offering hope to people with chronic illnesses, this new way of treating the whole person, body, mind, soul, spirit, um, and not leaving anything out. And I love, like, I, I admire that so much about you that you, it's like, it's like the old saying where, you know, you made lemonade with lemons or something, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. so many people, um, end up kind of getting shut down if something happens, like if something negative happens, I mean, they let it, you know, they can kind of play, they can be like a victim of it or it can kind of rule their life or, or whatever. And it's, I love that you Essentially, you had something happen that not many people would want to have happen. You had a, you know, a life-threatening disease, literally, uh, when you're in your 30s. Instead of game over, you chose to make the most of it and, and to help people with it. And, um, and Habitat Retreats, just to clarify, is not all about breast cancer. But it, that was like your part of you know, like, like you call it sort of like your heroine's journey, you know, like a Joseph Campbell kind of, you know, the hero's journey. It, it, yeah, it was kind of about taking what I had experienced as a patient because, you know, being a doctor in practice for 15 years, I had never struggled with severe illness before. I never struggled with something life-threatening. This literally brought a whole new dimension. I mean, any cancer survivor will tell you it's the fastest way to getting really real with yourself and your life and with your mortality. And it kind of made me think like, if I don't have very much time left on this earth, how is it that I want to spend this time? And sharing my story of, you know, shouldn't we all live like that? You know, like well, how I can I can be a reminder of that for you. I mean, I think that's that's who our best examples are. Do you are. remember like a month before you were diagnosed, I shared that song. I might be Tim McGraw. I'm not even sure it's it's yeah. a country guy. I don't listen to country very often, but sure I don't. loved this song that was um Live Like You Were Dying. Yeah. That's and so I love that song and I I cry like almost every time I listen to that song. And it's this story about how his dad got diagnosed. Was it cancer uh-huh, in the story? So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. And, you know, the, um, they go, essentially, they go like through some of the treatments and stuff. And, and the dad just keeps saying like, I, I hope that you're able to live someday like you were dying. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, he just talks about, you know, he sings about like, oh, you know, that year, I, the year that I lost my dad, I went fishing more and I, you know, I, I stopped to smell the roses more essentially, you know, like he, he, right, he, it he woke was, him up. It woke him up. He was more present and mm-hmm. it was, he was, he has filled with gratitude about life, just about life mm-hmm. and what a powerful place to be, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember after you were diagnosed, we listened to that and we cried together mm-hmm. and stuff and, um, but to me, you are, you are living like you're dying. And the illusion is that some of us, we, like we, like almost all of us think that we're not dying. We, mm-hmm. we actually go through life as if we aren't going to die, mm-hmm. which of course is an illusion. I'm here to break it to you. We're going to die. You are going to die. And 
we only have so much time. I mean, in some ways, it's like, oh, that's decades out, hopefully. But mm -hmm. A, you don't know that. Mm -hmm. And B, you know what? The last almost four decades have gone by really fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, I just, I want to make, I want to help people. I want to, like, contribute, like, while while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so I think that is. So thanks for being an inspiration to me. And oh, I know to you're others. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And and I think that's true. I think um I think we I think when other people die in our life, we do get that wake up call. You know, most of us are kind of walking around never thinking about death and we we know it's going to happen eventually, but we don't really live as if it's going to happen and we think that we have more time than we might really have and we we act and behave in a way that we think that we have, you know, until we're a hundred or something. Well, or more like to infinity. I mean, I feel like we don't oh. even, a lot of times we don't even act yeah. like we do are going to die at a hundred. Like it's like That's we, true. like we just don't think we're going to die. Yeah. And then when someone does die, it's like, what? Oh my God. John died. Can you believe it? And it's like, uh, yeah, actually, didn't you get the memo? Like, we're all going to die. But it is something that's in our culture. We don't talk about it. We're kind of all in denial about it. So here I'm a young person faced with this life-threatening disease of cancer and mortality has been put in my face more than it's ever been. And I have awakened to the fact that I don't know how long I have. And I know you don't know how long you have, but you, like you said, are under the illusion you have more time than me. And it has awakened me to, you know, a lot of revelations about just who I want to be, how I want to show up, how I want to serve. And Habitat Retreats is really the ultimate vision for me to serve in a way to give hope to someone who is hopeless, um, struggling with the chronic disease. And now in America, we have so many so many people struggling with chronic diseases, not being managed appropriately with just the traditional medical model because of all of our toxicities, because of our food supply, because of our stress levels. Habitat Retreats is really about giving someone hope who is really down and feeling overwhelmed by their chronic disease. You know, that's definitely one population that we're serving. And we have just the honor and privilege to meet someone in that place and then change their habitat in such a dramatic way which changes their physiology. And we have seen the proof of that. And it is amazing. I mean, it's just an amazing um, experience for us as doctors uh, to provide that level of care for someone. If anybody wants to kind of get the story behind uh, the, the last Habitat Retreat that we did, you can look that up at drchrisfrickman.com slash Matthew. That's where, that's the URL I'll put, I'll put there for it. So, uh, check that out. It's a, his story was great. And and the reason I just thought of that was because one of the things about Matthew is that he, he was young. Like, like we're talking mm -hmm. about people that, oh, you know, they don't have any hope or something. It's like, oh, you know, are all these people like, are they like 80, 90, a hundred? Like, no man, like Matthew was what 21, 21 i think mm -hmm. and yeah, that's what I mean, we're seeing more and more chronic disease hitting younger and younger people and there's even been a statistic that says our generation of children will be the first to not outlive their parents because of the chronic disease epidemic that's scary stuff 
And so we yeah, owe it to one in three. One in uh, three people are going to get uh, diabetes. Like kids now, yeah, are going to one in three of them will have diabetes sometime in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worse for certain ethnicities. One I, in two, I, I think African Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one in two. Yeah, cancer risk has gone up. Chronic disease has gone up. So functional medicine, you know, we know that it has the potential and proof to reverse chronic disease, to change the environment that our genes are sitting in, to really promote vitality and expression of health. And um, we feel really lucky to be able to offer that to, to patients who otherwise wouldn't have an experience and a way out. Yeah. Yeah. So... Also, if you want to find out more about Habitat Retreats and uh, about like upcoming, our upcoming retreats that we have scheduled, you can go, you can go to drchrisfrickman.com slash Habitat Retreats, or you can just go to www.habitatretreats.com and you can, you can check that out there too. Yeah. And we have one coming up January 8th through the 14th and it's called Fall in Love with How You Feel Women's Retreat. And it's going to be with 10 people, 10 women coming together in a mountain retreat home. Five will stay for the three-day program and five will stay for the complete seven days. It is going to be an amazing experience. We have... I'm so excited. (laughs) We have... um, Each client will come in, they will have had three different functional medicine tests before they even come. So we've already looked at their blood, we've looked at their chemistry, we looked at their nutritional needs, um, their digestion, their microbiome, we've looked at their hormones, their adrenal levels, their cortisol. Literally, even before they come to the retreat, we already have a snapshot of the chemistry that's occurring in their body which is so powerful because then we can make a very personalized plan, which is just what's so great about functional medicine. And John does such a great job. Yeah. So also we are fortunate enough to have a world-class gourmet chef who's actually cooked for the president. And what he does is creates with his artistry, amazing food, organic, gluten-free, whole foods, superfoods, beautifully made in a heart of service uh, for our clients. And also, we also take into account food allergies and things like that. You also get two cooking classes during that week's time. So you can learn how to cook at home to continue the cooking, which food is such an important part of our habitat. We also offer three organic juices, fresh organic vegetable juice. Yeah, per day, right? Per day mm-hmm, to help support nutrients and detoxification. Everyone gets a VIP functional medicine exam to identify what's dysfunction that's going on in the body right away. Um, people go through... The functional neurology exam, is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And we look at, we do a stress response evaluation to see how their brain, their nervous system, their body is, is reacting to stress. There's there's so much. It's it, I mean, the emotional work that, that we do too, questioning stressful thoughts and... That's such um, an amazing part. There's mm-hmm. Ayurvedic massage that we do. You get a massage I mean, every single day and also infrared sauna. For detoxification, we use essential oils specific to uh, healing different things in your body. Um, And exercise, my favorite. Yeah, exercise movement every single day, which is amazing in the Rocky Mountains. Oh, yeah, it's it's so good. I mean, you you can't understand unless you go. 
Yeah. It's, seriously, it's like it's magic up there. I love it. Anyway, um, you can check that out at HabitatRetreats.com. Dr. Shamini, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share? Uh, what's What's your number one health tip for people? So years ago, I would have probably given you like a practical answer. You know, oh, you have to make sure you go gluten-free or take your supplements or exercise every day or do CrossFit or, you know. Okay. And there you have it. Do CrossFit. Number one health tip from Dr. Shamini. No. Thank you. No. 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 So, you know, before I would have said that now, I love this quote because this truly, I believe, is affecting more people's health than we even give it credit for. Good prelude. What is it? Stress. Here's the quote. I promise you nothing is as chaotic as it seems. Nothing is worth your health. Nothing is worth poisoning yourself into stress, anxiety, and fear. That's by Steve Maraboli. And I think that's absolutely correct. We need to protect our peace. That is my number one health tip. We need to live in an environment that protects our peace. And to me, the interesting duality is that you need to be in an environment of healing and peace and love. Like you need to be in that environment. Just like a fish can't grow in a pond that is like full of oil or, you know, other toxins or whatever. So you have to be in an environment like that. And that's your relationships and that's the food that you're eating and that's the air that you're breathing and and it's it's the it's the amount of stressors and the amount of recovery that you're that you're having and all that. But the the other side to it and and this is something that that we teach at Habitat Retreats, the other side to it is that we are creating our stress too with the stories that we're making up and, um, you know, about the realities that are happening. And that's why I love this, this quote, because he says, I promise you nothing is exactly. as chaotic as it seems. It's not as chaotic as it seems. It's, it's, if you could frame it in a different light, then that would go a long way. I love, I, I want to talk about after earth for a second. Cause you like that movie a lot. Okay. And now my people, other sci-fi now, movie. I was just going to say, people aren't going to believe that you don't like sci-fi because I just brought up the other sci-fi movie. My favorite movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why do you like that one? It speaks about our reaction to stress. And I love how the dad speaks to the son to get present to himself. Yeah, yeah. But I what about his... Says, Take a knee. Remember how he yeah, says, yeah. Take but what about his, what about the quote about fear versus danger? Oh gosh, yes. That, oh, I love it. Okay, that's, that's, the, my favorite. that's the part. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, he says, fear is an illusion. Danger is real. But Make no mistake, danger is real. But fear is an illusion. It's yeah. so good. So good. Yeah. So 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 good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if that like if that communicates to to other people um or if that's just us and our our individual psychosis no i i think most <laughs> no i mean i think most people are either afraid i mean we're either in fear or no but we when are you're in, in fear you th- you it's so real like you like you're making it so real right mm-hmm. yeah our perception of it is so real yeah 
so I'm just trying to figure out how do you, how do we communicate? You don't have to be, you don't have to choose fear. And actually, that's what we do in habitat retreats. I just don't know how to do it in the next two minutes on the podcast. But yeah, well, yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. This may be the most fun I've had on on a podcast so far. So thank you so <laughs> much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.